Just a quick word of warning before we get going that the following podcast will almost certainly contain spoilers and may also contain strong language and conversations of an adult nature. Welcome to Minisode 16 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. As ever, I'm Mitch Bain, I'm a horror writer and an occasional doer of musical things. And I'm Andy Stewart, I'm a filmmaker and a journalist and a bunch of other things. How's your week been, man? Good? Uh, it's, been, it's, yeah, it's been not bad, yeah. Uh, uh, okay. It's okay. Yeah. I'm downgrading from not bad to okay. No, I don't like the sound of that. You okay? <laughs> no, 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 I'm absolutely fine. It's just uh, it's been a busy one. So okay, okay. I haven't as a, had as much leisure time as I normally expect. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, as I normally demand. <laughs> and I've had less sleep than I would normally like. All oh, right. Okay. Um, crucially. Yeah. So yeah. I'm a uh, I'm a tired man. Yeah. You can recover. I can recover, and I will recover. Good. Good. Bounce some back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, how are you? I'm good, yeah, yeah. Um busy week again. Um I've also that's had the norm for you though, eh? Yeah, that's very true. Um I've also had uh my Wi Fi conking out this uh, week as well. Of course, um, RIP. Which um is kind of sounds like a fairly inconsequential thing to complain about, but it did limit my viewing options this week. But you did watch some stuff. I did watch some stuff. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Managed to fit in a couple of things. Although I'll, one thing that I didn't need Wi-Fi for, I went out on Thursday night and caught Unfriended Dark Web. Ah, cinema. Yeah, I went to the cinema. I chose this over the Meg this week on the assumption that the Meg will be around for longer. Um, <laughs> that's quite an assumption. It certainly appears that that's true. Um, okay. But because Unfriended is out of cinemas in Glasgow as of uh, it's gone already, I think. Really? Yeah, it was one week. Fucking hell. Um, so this is what happens with blockbuster season, I guess. You know, there's yeah. like short lifespans for these things. Did you like the original Unfriended? Yeah, I thought it was alright, yeah, I had uh, I had some fun with that, I thought it was quite interesting. Yeah, I'm quite a fan of it. I think we mentioned it before, on, a, on another episode. I think, I'm, episode. I think I mentioned I was looking forward to this coming out, Um, I think I touched on it yeah. then. Yeah, I mean, I really liked the first one. Yeah, I mean, I didn't go in thinking it was going to be terrible, but my expectations were probably quite low, and it was better than I thought it was going to be, uh, by a distance. Oh, I, really? I, haven't, I haven't revisited it, actually, uh, since, I've always meant to. But if you didn't like Unfriended, I would say that there is nothing here that will convince you that it's a good idea or the conceit works okay. or whatever. However, I would say that if you like the first one, there's a really good chance that you'll enjoy this one as okay. well. Um, it's got the same kind of like, a lot of the things that I liked about the first one are still there. It mostly, as far as I can tell, doesn't really cheat with the technology element right. of it, which I think is always kind of nice. I'm probably wrong with that, but that's my, <laughs> from what I could tell. And uh, it's got that same kind of like real meanness to it um, that I'm quite a fan of. It's yeah, got, I had heard that. Yeah, it's it's. it's that have a bit of a mean streak running through it. Yeah, I mean it is it is unkind to its characters. Um, <laughs> what I would say is, and this isn't really even a neg- it's not even a criticism of the film. It's more just a personal preference thing. So yeah, you know, in the first one, it was kind of like a, the threat was like a ghost of the machine thing. It was sure, like a, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. In the second one, it's way less supernatural. It's not spoilery at all to say that the the antagonists in Unfriended Dark Web are real people in right. the real world. Yeah. Uncommonly for me, I like this less. Normally, things that are kind of human behavior and things tend to freak me out more. I thought that it lost a little something. Oh, um, okay. Moving away from the kind of... The evil that men do. Uh, yeah, it's more of the evil <laughs> that men do. 
um, to borrow a phrase. Yeah, um, yeah but like, and like I say, I mean, I think that the film is really, it's really fun. It's worth your time. I'd like to say, if you like the first one, you'll probably like this. But just from a personal preference point of view, I, I think that it's, it functions better uh, with the supernatural stuff. Okay. Okay, um, cool. In terms of rewatches at home, I went back to my DVD collection for the first time in a while right. um, because of the absence of streaming. Ended up rewatching The Uninvited. <laughs> I know why uh, you're laughing. Okay, uh, David Strathairn. David Strathairn, yes. Right, um, okay, fucking David Strathairn. He's my man. Uh, yeah, he uh, obviously is the, the kind of the male lead in The Uninvited. I am not even gonna really say that I think that this is a particularly good film. Well, I'm happy about that because it's not. <laughs> um, I've got a soft spot for it. Um, as you know, I'm a latecomer to horror in general. Yeah. Um, and it's only oh, been over... we'll come out of that in a bit, don't yeah, worry. Yeah, true. <laughs> it's only been over the maybe the last like seven or eight years that I've kind of engaged with it a little bit more. And as a result, you kind of like, you have a little bit of a kind of soft spot for things that are amongst the first things that you use. Yeah, of course. So, and like, this is one of them for me. Right. So I'm aware so, that okay. it doesn't, like that it doesn't hold up particularly well, but performance wise, I think that it's quite good. Mm-hmm. I think that um, Emily Brennan's doing okay stuff in here. Like she's pretty good. I think that uh, David Strathairn is obviously uh, killing, killing it. it. Killing it. Elevating yeah. the material, just like always. Um, yeah, uh, so it's it's not meritless, but I'm also aware that it's not great. Yeah. But I did enjoy it. I did enjoy giving it a wee second look this week. Cool. Um, also, uh, one that we have spoken about that I hadn't gotten around to yet, I made time for Calibre. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, I watched it the other week, sure. Yeah, yeah the Netflix <laughs> original. Set in Scotland, which is always nice. Yeah. Two guys, one of whom is married about to become a dad uh they take off on a trip go on a hunting trip yep and uh something extremely shocking and uh terrible happens from the doors <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it's just a, a case of kind of like fairly claustrophobic escalating tension from there with uh them and their interactions with the kind of like townspeople sure of uh the whatever place it is that they've gone to really like this like this a lot yeah i liked it too yeah i said that i said that a couple of minutes ago i really enjoyed it yeah i thought it was great um i found like maybe the first quarter of an hour or so to be slightly harder work than the rest of it okay why i'm a bit like that with uh, well, it's, i think that like the setup it's not that it takes too long it's just that i think that uh i just i just found the first maybe quarter of an hour or so just a little bit less engaging than the rest of it and i think that, that might have something well, to fair. do that's fine with you know um like surly scottish stereotypes oh yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah there, is, there is a fair bit of that to, uh, yeah. to, kick, to kick start things yeah uh, um, yeah some of the towns people they're not doing much for the, the already slightly tarnished name of the Scots. Yes, uh, one one beneficiary from this film will not be the Scottish Tourist Board, but um, <laughs> uh, but it is really really good. Um, I had a lot of time for it. I think that again, like they obviously, I don't want to get into what happens, but um, off the back of what they've done, there's a lot of really good stuff for them having to kind of straight face it. Yeah. And things like that. It worked out really well for me. Calibre is really, really good. Um, so before we go on to the 100 stuff, mm-hmm. um, what have you been checking out? Oh, well, uh, I went back and checked out uh, Sean Burns' The Devil's Candy ah, on nice, Shudder. Nice, Yeah, like uh, it's on there now. Yeah, I like it. Really like it. Bit of a problem with uh, the ending. Yeah, same. There's a bit of a suspension of disbelief thing towards the end, particularly the last scene. But everything getting up to that point is really good. Ethan yeah. Embry's brilliant in there, although he looks really thin, uh, really gaunt. 
yeah, yeah. that's intentional or or what. But uh, lots yeah, of, it, lots of metal in that one as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great use of, uh, for whom the bell tolls at the end as well by yeah, Metallica. Awesome. Um, yeah, I, I, I really like it. Uh, yeah, me too. I do, I do agree about the ending, though. And it's one of those things. I've seen it twice. I saw it at festivals. I saw it at Celluloid Screams. Then I'm also at Freight Fest Glasgow before that. Yeah, sure. Um, so it's nice that it's got a platform. I think that one reason I'm a little bit standoffish about watching it again is that I think that I kind of let it off the hook for its ending at the time because I liked it so much at a festival. And we've yeah. spoken about festival fatigue and festival hysteria before. And I think that if I was watching this again in the cold light of day, I don't know how much more I would be kind of like vexed by the ending. Yeah, I, I was quite vexed. Ah, okay. Yeah. On a scale of one to vexed, like maybe like a six <laughs> or a seven. Um, uh, anything else? Yeah. Uh, sticking on Shudder, I also checked out uh, Rauhi Kitamura's Downrange. Ah, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. You've seen Downrange? I have, yeah. Ah, right, okay. um, I saw it in the midnight slot at Celluloid in Oh, okay. Well, I'd imagine that was probably quite a decent screening because... It's not a great film. No. It really isn't a great film, but there's a lot of great gags in it, a lot of great practical effects stuff, a lot of really savage practical effects stuff. I enjoyed it. I didn't find myself hating it and wanting to turn it off. Some of the acting in it, though, was dismal. Uh, dialogue also, I think, yeah. a little bit ropey. Not really coming down either either way on it, really. Just kind of middling, but yeah, like, nice to see Graham Skipper popping up in there. Yeah, our old pal. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, he's he's doing good stuff in there. Um, so yeah, just very quickly, that so that's you've got like a bunch of carpoolers, right? Who are all roughly the same. Yeah, age. they're kind of traveling across country, kind of splitting the gas costs. Uh-huh. Um, they have a blowout on the tire, skid off the road, um, and then when they get out to kind of fix the car, they find themselves kind of getting picked off by this lone sniper somewhere yeah. in the wilderness. It's really kind of limited scene set and stuff here. Yeah, 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 basically yeah. on a road and a car, and they've got to make do with what they've got there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's some interesting stuff, some quite clever stuff. But yeah, yeah, it, it rings a lot of ideas out of it. I think, <laughs> yeah, um, which yeah. is which is cool. Um, yeah, I, downrange. Uh, it's not going to win any awards for performances. No, it's got a kind like, of like, a creaky feel. Yeah, from, from your kind of like your from your kind of like central performers, I would say that it's uh, it's pretty middling stuff. But I think that it's <laughs> but it's it's great to watch with the crowd. Yeah, and like I say, some of the effect stuff is pretty brutal, pretty savage, and pretty accomplished. Yeah, I agree. Not or well, some of that stuff that's really good. Yeah, in there. So my again another uh, another negative upshot of my Wi-Fi being down mm-hmm. is that although I have written music for the Shotwaves One Hundred segment. We can't use it yet. So you're going to have to rely on me again and my powerful vocal range. Um, yes. Hopefully this will be the last week where we have to do it. Mixed Wussy Shotwaves 100! Beautiful. How's that? Good, good. Um, so, yeah, uh, just in case you're joining us kind of and you're a newbie to the show, basically, uh, as we'll get to, I have not seen very much stuff. <laughs> um... Uh, podcast me and Andy both listen to Shockwaves uh, if you're listening to this and you listen to horror podcasts in general then it's not really a show that probably needs any introduction yeah. um, but four extremely knowledgeable and very listenable very entertaining people know the genre inside out they have a guest on every week but they talk a lot about things that they've been viewing and they put together a list for their 100th episode of films that they all agree or at least three of them out of four agree is great 100 films 100th episode. Uh, yes, and I thought that it would be a convenient way for me to try and build my knowledge up and see more stuff by just trying to get well, through Well, there's a lot of kind of classic stuff in there, so it's a good strong grounding for you, as we already know, that you've now you've now kind of seen things that you hadn't seen before, like 28 Days Later, an American Movie from London. So you're kind of 
you are getting a solid horror grounding out of the shockwaves 100 yeah and it's and i mean like it's in terms of like the time it spans there's it's, it's a lot so i'm looking forward to it in that way and um i got into double figures this week i right, watched okay. two right um, cool so we are so that that brings your total to 10 yes 10 right yeah. so we should be on 11 but we're having a bit of trouble sourcing angst yeah which but we'll, we'll get there i mean we'll we've got a lot there. of time but i have i have stayed in sequence cool as well, so what off. have you done then this week so um first up we had there were two rewatches unusually whoa um, i know um <laughs> also a rewatch one of which was uh one of which was pre-2005 Christ. I know. Basket Case. Yay! Frank Henelotter's Basket Case was yeah. first up. I love Basket Case. I am aware that Basket Case is good. Oh, uh-oh. It's not my thing. Uh, ah. it, it never has been. I love it. So what? What's your what's your issue? It's just like <laughs> um, it's it's just generally it's it's the kind of thing that I have to fight with a little bit. Okay. I can't. I find it quite hard to quantify why that is, but. Yeah, I, I have a hard time getting out of first gear with this kind of thing, despite the fact that I'm aware that it's like technically really good, I think, in a lot Te- of ways. Uh, technically? Well, yeah. not really. <laughs> in terms yeah. of its technical accomplishments as a film, perhaps. No, but like effects-wise and stuff, it's kind of cool, and I understand the appeal um, of it, but it doesn't particularly appeal to me. I think it's one of those things I can take a step back from and know I get. Right. Why it's well thought of, and I understand that, but not particularly for me. I love it. And it's definitely not one I had a problem with in the same way as I did with, like, Asylum. Right, okay. Which I found to be, uh, like, say, like, pretty hard work as we got to, towards the back end of that. But, um, yeah, so that was Basket Case first. Um, second up, though, um, was The Battery. Jeremy Gardner's The Battery. The very ah, same. Good film. Uh, yeah, it's great. I love yeah. it. It's, um, it's the f- only the second time I've seen it. And, uh, yeah, I love it. It's... Uh, Again, for anyone that hasn't seen it, it's uh, got a really nice... Well, I was going to say it's got a really nice indie sensibility in the truest sense of the word. It was made oh, on yeah. a budget of $6,000. Yeah, a real, real strong case of uh, making the best with the least. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And it's um, and it doesn't suffer for it at all. No, no, no. Like, no. Um, the film the film looks fine. It's actually really... It's quite cleverly cleverly handled and cleverly constructed to kind of mask its kind of budgetary deficiencies if you like yeah that's fair definitely and uh, and like oh, the zombies look fine mm-hmm. uh you know they, they look good i've um, seen films with bigger budgets with far less believable zombies yeah they? i think i think that actually like because I, mean, I think that the battery is a great film anyway and the fact that it's obviously just kind of like just jeremy garner himself and pretty uh, much the yeah. other guy whose name escapes me um <laughs> Uh, yeah, the fact that it's just those two, I think, that it does a lot of really good character stuff. There's a sequence at the end, um, I don't want to dig into it too much, but basically a protracted scene of Jeremy Gardner in a car, which I think is Brilliant. amazing. Yeah, um, it brought to mind the uh, the long scene in the tent from Willow Creek. Oh, right, okay, a film I've not seen in a long time. Yeah, I haven't seen it since I saw it um, in 2013 at the festivals, mm-hmm. so um, yeah, it reminded me of that a little bit, but yeah, the battery's brilliant. Great. Excellent. So I don't, I don't know what's next. I think uh, possibly the Beyond. Oh, which is the first as well. As you know, the Beyond's a personal favourite of mine. Mm-hmm. I'm a big Fulci fan, and I personally think that either the Beyond or Zombie Flesh Eaters are his two. The Beyond's his best film. Okay. But uh, Zombie Flesh Eaters is right up there with me. But yeah, I would love to watch that together, just again to watch you watch it. Yep, can do that. And just as an excuse for me to watch it again. Not that I really need one. Yeah, no, that's fine, definitely. Yeah, wow, the beyond, cool. Yeah. But that's it for this week. Oh, okay then. So moving swiftly on. <clears throat> what have they been saying? I like the fact that they're like they're really uniform now. I feel like you know yeah, like, they've kind of fallen into this is the theme. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which is fine. Not so much for Mitch's pitches. I did kind of wing it last week. 
I it did have a certain, it did say, have a certain improvisational feel <laughs> to it. I wouldn't say that I even can remember it to do it again this week, but we'll see what comes out. Uh, we'll yeah, see what definitely. shakes out. Um, Feedback then. So yes, busy um, week. Yeah, and um, kind of cool week this week um, in terms of people getting in touch because a lot of it wasn't to do with specific episodes. A lot of it was just kind of people passing comments. <laughs> Gabble. In general, yeah, um, which which honestly I quite like. Um, first off, um, just we had we had a quick thank you. We had a shout back from Ad Calvo. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, the director of Sweet Sweet Lonely Girl. That'll be nice for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was nice. Yeah, but like, obviously I, I'm a big fan of that film. We spoke about it last week, so that was cool. Um, but yeah, uh, do you wanna do you wanna get the ball rolling? Yeah, I'll get the ball rolling. Happy to. On the minisode last week, we had a bit of a Ty West moment where we waxed lyrical about the films of Ty West. What's good, what's bad, what's fucking terrible. Um, yep. And Sheridan Knott at Knotsy got in touch just saying, Hello, strong, violent PC. Hi. Have the bo- <laughs> Have the boys... Thanks yep. for that. We are, we are not. No longer. <laughs> uh, have the boys seen Ty West's The Roost? I personally haven't. It's the, I have. It's the only one of his that I haven't seen. What's your take? <clears throat> Middling. Okay. Not the worst. Not top table. Right. Not missing out massively if you haven't seen it. But if you're a completionist, yeah, get it watched. Pretty interesting. A bunch of friends wind up at a farm. Zombie type things in the farmhouse. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think that it's one that I've been kind of wanting to get to for a bit as well, just because I, I do, for the most part, like his stuff as we've discussed. But like, so I, w- I do, I would like to get that off the list for sure. So Sheridan not thanks for getting in touch there. Um, we had a general comment from Richard Wells. Um, oh, right, okay. at Slippery Jack on Twitter I uh, just listened to three episodes back to back it's good stuff I'm off to CEX to buy a copy of The Village remembered I'd never seen it so I swiftly paused the Graham Skipper episodes thanks for getting in touch Richard glad you enjoyed the show and uh, let us know what you think of The Village as well of course definitely yeah sticking with Twitter Stephen Keith got in touch at Keisha to say a day of T-Mac film yesterday that's uh, Tyler McIntyre who obviously joined us a few weeks ago to talk about Memoirs of an Invisible Man did indeed uh, Stephen's saying that the strong violent PC episode with him defending a carpenter comedy and tricking iTunes into letting me download Tragedy Girls this is, needs a UK release ASAP it's amazing Tragedy Girls really is it's yeah. brilliant yeah it's great um, so yeah that's cool so I'm um, not not just checking out Memories of an Invisible Man and the episode but also going and checking out the guest films which is part of it as well kind of on a similar note we had Chris Angel that's at TenshiSan73 uh, getting in touch saying and this is kind of cool I think because obviously we talk a bit about people going and checking out the films before the episodes but Chris had spent a weekend uh, binging some stuff that we talked about in the first part of the minisodes okay. which, I, which I like he said um, yeah he's been watching Creep Creep 2 Belko Experiment Mohawk Calibre um, so I really like the Creep films wasn't sure about Mark Duplass's character first thought it would get on my nerves but really enjoyed it the second one even more so roll on the third agreed Said he, prefer- he also watched Circle this week and said he preferred it to the Belko experiment, even with John C. McGinley in it, uh, though they were pretty much the same last-person-standing concept, which I guess is fair. True. Um, touched on Mohawks, I thought it was expecting a more supernatural or kind of like genre film than it was. I haven't seen that, but you, I think yeah, you said that. It very much falls into your kind of Thai Western historical drama with some pretty gnarly effects moments. All right, okay, really. cool. So that's, that's kind of what Mohawk is. Um, but he did take a minute to say, and it touches on what we were saying at the start of the show, He the, his favourite of the stuff that he caught up with this week was Caliber. All right, okay. So glad you enjoyed that. Excellent, thank you. Yeah. Going back to last week's episode again, um, when we did Shopwaves 100, for the first time you saw Edition. I did indeed. Um, and Caitlin Downs, at Caitlin M. Downs, got in touch just to say, I've never heard anyone describe Audition as polite before, but do you know, it's totally accurate. And then finishes off with, listen to Strong Violent PC now. So thank thanks for that. Um, in reference to me saying that I feel like the, sometimes the violence in Audition comes across as kind of feeling very polite. 
in that kind of Japanese polite way that in one way kind of softens the violence but in another way totally amplifies it yeah I, yeah. I completely agree yeah I think that like the, the fact that there's something so gentle about it makes it more disturbing yeah more just kind of general commentary. In fact, I'm going to bring something up that's just total vanity, actually. Um, we posted a picture, um, as we spoke about last week, of me holding the audition steelbook. Is this someone going to tell you that you're handsome? Uh, DJ BP. Thanks, Mom. Film Club CHS. <laughs> um, said, is, uh, looked at the picture and said, is that Jake Gyllenhaal? Which I suspect uh, will be the first and last time that that comparison is made. Comparing you to Jake Gyllenhaal? Um, I can only assume. All right, okay. Unless they're referring to uh, the box art, which would be a bit more of... Well, I was going to say it's more of a stretch. I'm not sure if it is. <laughs> but thank you all the same yeah get in um, touch if you think Mitch looks like Jake Gyllenhaal or indeed any other celebrity is, that, is this going to be the next segment <laughs> who does Mitch look like <laughs> uh, okay so um, again sticking with the minisode from last week um, Mitch's pictures yes which as we know last week's image was Return of the Living Dead part 2 and I had a great time watching you muddle your way through this and try to unpick what the plot line might be it's um, a supernatural morality tale, I believe. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh-huh. That uh, one. Yeah. But uh, Chelsea Burden got in touch on Twitter, uh, at Chelsea Evie, saying, Listen to Mi- listening to Mitch try to unpick this one made my morning commute entertaining, and then laughs at your use of monstrous visage. Monstrous, monstrous visage uh, was a popular one. People yeah, there's quite a lot of love for that, uh, those, letter, those words in couplet. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> um, so thanks for getting in touch, Chelsea. More gen- just kind of general comments in fact this is more about um the incredible melting man oh hey um laura got in touch into her at being on lv okay um had mentioned originally uh that uh, she'd listened to the episode and was gonna try and pick up uh the film all right um got in touch after saying oh i enjoyed that yes it's showing its age but heart is in the right place as can't be said for his poor old eyeballs <laughs> um which i quite like uh sent for the blu-ray probably will be a cult favorite grower p.s i'd go and see a band called ted nelson thanks, <laughs> thanks for getting me to watch it um uh yeah um i would love if incredible milton man found an entirely new audience of people who appreciate it nowadays and see beyond the fact that it's objectively not the best film ever made yeah. Um, because there is a lot to love in there, and I, I really do think it deserves more eyes upon it. Maybe not Steve's eyes. Maybe not. <laughs> if you can find them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, moving on from this, I've got a couple of things about White of the Eye, and then just one other thing. Um, so, with White of the Eye, uh, we had. I don't think it's going to come as any surprise to anyone to say that we had Dennis Extra Atherton. Ah, at, I guess so. At Den's Beans getting in touch. Just to say, I can't wait for this episode. Jackson is the best. Obviously, Jackson Stewart, the director of Beyond the Gates, who joined us to talk about White of the Eye. Again, thanks hugely to Jackson for doing that. Yep. And if you haven't seen Beyond the Gates, check it out. It's on Shudder. Just saying, it's a great film choice. There's certainly a lot to talk about. I'm genuinely curious which direction the conversation might go in. Yeah, I mean, this conversation could have gone in a lot of uh, ways and did go a lot of ways. It did. Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> uh, it covered quite a lot of topics. I really enjoyed that one, actually. There's yeah. a, lot to, a lot to dissect in there. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Definitely, definitely. Um, and yeah, a couple of things about White the Eye, uh, mostly from Instagram. Uh, Kieran Cigars Green got in touch and just said, "What a gem!" When we announced it. Um, okay. Getting really like looking forward to that one. And uh, Margaret F Music got in touch on Instagram, and I do know for a fact that um, she's been catching up with the films before she watches the no before she listens to the episodes every okay. week and has not seen most of them uh, beforehand. Which is is cool. this just you in a dress? <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, she got in touch, um, Ref, White of the Eye, which I know that she enjoyed, but uh, all she said was, all I can hear in the flashback scenes is the drum intro to this, and then posted a link to Britney Spears' cover of Bobby Brown's My Prerogative. What an absolute banger. Yes, straight up banger. <laughs> also, um, a fairly spot-on comparator as well. Um, so yes, thanks for getting in touch, Bags, and yeah, a fair point, a fair point, very much so. Darren Gaskell coming down very hot on the pro side for White of the Eye. Okay. Um, that's at Darren underscore Gaskell. Says, uh, a stylish, unique, off-the-wall take on the serial killer story. The oblique approach may be difficult to grasp, but stick with it and soak up the genuine weirdness. They genuinely don't make them like this anymore. They didn't even make them like this back then. Oh, that's good. I like that. That's yeah, I like that. I'd say that's, yeah, that's, that's pretty perfect. It's a unique film. Not many things out there like it. No, not uh, at all. Not yeah, at all. for that reason alone, it deserves another look. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't have any more on White of the Eye, but I do have a couple other things. Okay. Um, actually, like a little bit, like a little bit more on Creep. Um, <laughs> Fucking hell, a lot of fans of Creep. Yeah, yeah. Um, Barry Delgarno at Delgarno Barry on Twitter had mentioned that he remembered us talking about it in an old episode. Right. And it was quite a while ago now, I think. But he said, "How unsettling is Creep, by the way? This is the same Mark Duplass from the League." I guess comedians do give good scary performances, which uh, yep. I think that is that is Absolutely. that is often true, but definitely true here. Um, and then said, honestly, I shot myself. Oh, honestly, like like literally shot himself. Well, I mean, he said honestly, I shot myself on a summary day too. Oh, <laughs> which I feel like um, it's got like um, there's too much information in there for that to be made up. I've yeah. no choice but to interpret that literally. Oh no! Absolutely, I'm assuming that he actually soiled himself. Yeah, I mean, like I think it's the natural conclusion to draw. Uh, so I am sorry that that happened, but, uh, <laughs> but I am glad. Yeah, that... we're not taking the blame for that at all. That's no, <laughs> but I am glad that you liked Creep. Um, <laughs> have you got anything else? I just have one more. Uh, yeah, I've got I've got one more thing here. Um, so James Plum at Mad Science Films. Oh, yeah? James directed uh, Night of the Living Dead Resurrection and Silent Night, Bloody Night, The Homecoming, and he's just finished the new film called Little Monster. Oh, I. James got in touch. He's got his own kind of uh, podcast type thing, and yeah, he gave us a lovely shout out on it this week, uh, alongside the guys from Ar- Arrow Films Video Podcast, which again, great podcast. Check it out. In fact, they've got a, a live recording at Fright Fest oh, yeah, they do. this That's week. Right. So, uh, yeah, if you weren't able to get your Discovery tickets, because I know a lot of people didn't, um, then you could do a lot worse than popping along to see the Arrow Video Podcast live. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, James just got in touch, recommending the show, uh, among some other podcasts, and, yeah. Yeah, it was very cool. It was yeah. very, it really sound him to do that. I have one more thing. Chris Angel, 10CSAN73, got in touch, Ref Deep Rising. Oh, right. And we did talk about this at the time, that the DVD of this is effectively out of print. Yeah, right. yes, it is. In the UK, certainly, that you, you can not you can no longer, longer buy it on DVD. So he did uh, flag up that three copies of the DVD are available on Amazon in the UK, and um, remarkably, they are there for £394.16. A bargain. There you go, yeah. An absolute bargain. Absolutely. Yeah. So no, worth, yeah, so, worth every penny. So depending on how badly you want a DVD copy of Deep Rising, you do have some options. But act fast, there's only three yeah. left in stock. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Strike while the island's hot. You <laughs> are probably cheaper buying an all-regions Blu-ray player and importing the Kino Lorber Blu-ray. You could also probably travel to America and buy it yourself for a more cost-effective way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you could. I think you can get flights from, from the UK to New York for like 90 quid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, thanks for bringing that to attention. Uh, yeah. I thought it was pretty funny. That's it from me, I believe. Uh, you got anything else? No, I think I'm done on the feedback front. In that case... 
Manchester Pitches. It is round three of Manchester Pitches. So, so if you're hearing this for the first time, Mitch's Pitches is a feature on the show that is designed to make a joke out of the fact that I haven't seen anything. Um, kind of like Shotwares 100. Yeah, a little bit. Actually, yeah, we're kind of dining out on my ignorance. Yeah, we need to come up with a segment to take the piss out of me. Yeah, yeah, that'd be yeah, like I've maybe opened myself up to a world of hurt with that comment. <laughs> but, um, um, yeah, basically, what we have is uh, Andy picks a poster from a horror film from years gone by and. Uh, Gets rid of any titles or taglines or the names of any people. Any identifying any... features beyond yeah. the key image. poster image. Uh, so I see my phone's just flagged up that you've sent me through one again. I have, yeah. I was uh, doing that while you were talking. Yeah, but basically, yeah, the goal of it is that I've got to try and put together what I believe that the film is about. So, what we have here. <laughs> and I know what you're thinking, by the way, that like the, the, this is a ropey idea for an audio podcast. Mm-hmm. We've got you covered on that one. We will post an image to the to all of our social media channels. Yeah. Um, you will be I, able to see the image in question and uh, listen along with that. And also, Mitch is about to do his best to interpret the image and describe it to you, yes. the listener. Right, okay. So, what I'm noticing first off is um, that this has got some elements in common with last week's poster. Not an accident. Oh. Not an accident. Okay. Yeah. So, what we have here is... So, we have a hill. Mm-hmm. Atop this hill, there is um, what appears to be a large satellite dish. <laughs> yeah. Um, above that, we have a kind of another ominous-looking skyline. Sure. The satellite dish appears to be being struck by two separate, very large lightning bolts. Yeah. There's a large eye in the middle of the satellite dish. <laughs> yeah. And... F- a- a- I can't really tell if the tentacles are coming from it or not, but it doesn't matter. But there's tentacles reaching out, basically, from the centre of the image, and they're all kind of going into different windows of different houses. Okay. <laughs> so the kind of suburban-looking houses and the ominous skyline are the same, are, like, are, are stay-over elements from last week's And lightning, lightning bolts. Um, and lightning bolts, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, in the middle of the satellite dish, like I say, there is an eye. Um, I am speculating that that eye does not belong to a human. What makes you so so certain? Uh, I'm going to go with the fact that the skin around the eye is dark green and scaly and also it appears to be on some kind of stock rather than embedded in a regular human head. Okay, that certainly doesn't sound like any human eye I've ever seen. No, no. So, right, okay. (laughs) Your eyebrows are darting all over the place. Right. Can I ask, can I ask a question? Uh, yeah, sure, right. of course. Um, yeah. uh, just, uh, just we'll to... make up our rules as we go along. So yeah, I'm going to allow a question. Okay, I will, I will try and just ask one. There's a satellite dish on the front here, right? Right. In this, in this image. Does that figure in the plot or is it just there for colour? Because stupider things than that, more irrelevant things than that, have been on posters before. It figures in the plot. Okay, cool. So I'm going to speculate that the creatures involved here uh-huh. are not from Earth. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to venture that they're aliens. Right, okay, I can tell you right now that you are, so far, correct. Fantastic. Um, they come to Earth. Mm-hmm. Right, I don't want to get into what the what their kind of mission is, right. what they're here to do. Okay. I don't want to speculate about that right now, because I haven't thought of it. Okay, but, like, um, so but what I think that, they're here for undetermined reasons. Undetermined reasons, correct. So Nefarious? Nefa- oh, I'm going to say definitely nefarious, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that they... Are exert they exert influence over humans, right? By commandeering just now. This is purely because of satellite dish and connections into every home. Okay. I'm gonna say that they do that by commandeering regular like Earth broadcast mediums. 
Wikipedia. Okay, so they're delivering an, unde- an undetermined message into the homes of Earth. Yes, that's correct. And they're doing that through kind of like maybe, say, like a news station or something like that. Okay, okay. Uh, I am gonna leave it at that. Okay. Um, Kerry has a title? See, I feel like the title, like, I, th- I, I mean, obviously, I'm probably quite far off the mark. If this was right, I think that there's a lot of kind of like a wordplay kind of titles you could use. <laughs> but unfortunately, I can't think of one at the moment. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with that. Okay, I'm gonna leave so- it at that. Also, I think that I should get a bonus point for not making my pitch about a demonic presence this week. <laughs> sure. Um. So what I can tell you is you went a million miles off. Okay. Uh. Well, you you, you went exactly close. Okay. But uh, what I can tell you is that it was Ted Nicoleo's 1986 sci-fi horror, Vision. Fuck! Not to be confused with the band from Bradford. No. No. No, no not at all. Basically, we have an alien comes to Earth through uh-huh. a satellite dish, which mm-hmm. acts as a kind of interdimensional, interplanetary portal device right. that is set up by a, f- a father in his kind of suburban household. Um, and this creature comes through, right. and it falls to the son of the family to kind of stop the creature's hunger, <laughs> if you like, while at the same time trying to convince people that he actually sees this creature. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um. That sounds like something I would probably quite like. Yeah, it's, it's goofy and yeah. it's stupid, but it's great fun. Cool. Uh, <laughs> I think, again, obviously I would say that describing my pitch for this as close would be uh, generous, but I think that that is probably one of my better efforts so sure. far. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say at all that you're, you're learning anything particularly or you're getting better at it. No, I don't know if there's a way to get better at it. No, I don't think you get you, you get better at it. It's completely down to the image. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, that was that was quite close. I'm, I'm, I'm quite impressed. Yeah, I'm quite happy uh, with that, yeah, I must I'm, say. I'm, I'm happy with that. That's a... That's a that's coming up positive on that side. So that concludes round three of Mitch's Pitches. Um, before we do anything else, um, do you want to take a sec to recommend a podcast, as we like to do? Yes, we do. Yeah, we like um, to uh, support other podcasts. Very much so. We and feel it's something that should happen more often. Absolutely. Um, so in the spirit of that, yeah, we take a turn about week on week to... Uh, let us let let everyone know about something that we're into i mentioned i didn't do it last time because that was bloody good horror before that the first time that we did this so the first time i did it i went for the no sleep podcast sure i am staying in that wheelhouse a bit with one that i've just come across in the last week or two a creepy it's just just called creepy um and it's again it's fiction it's kind of like very nicely produced audio dramas um in the style of the kind of like your no sleep show uh your no sleep episodes uh, they are generally like 25 to 40 minutes long. It's one story and generally it's one voice. The right, ones okay. I've heard anyway. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard that many, but I've heard five or six. I really like this. I think it's cracking. If anyone does listen to it, the same goes for No Sleep Podcast because this did start a little conversation about that when people started recommending me episodes and stories and things. And I've heard most of them, but I like going back because, you know, in a three or four a week and things, and you've been listening for four or five years, you do forget things. Um, so if people listen to this and they pick up on the, uh, any individual episodes or stories they enjoy, then uh, give me a shout. Tweet me at Watchers Mitch because the first one of these that I listened to uh, was one called Dear Abby, which has right. been out for uh, two, three weeks. And uh, I really liked it. Cool. Super. I'm going to check super it Super disturbing. Yeah. We really liked it a lot. Um, so yeah, creepy. Check it out. Excellent. So any other business? Uh, yeah, a couple of things. Okay. Um, so I think that we should touch on one thing because we've been talking about doing it for a week or two and we're now in a position to. Um, episode six of the show, we were joined by Mitch Wilson. Yeah, director of Knuckle Bones. Yes, um, when he was talking a little bit about Knuckle Bones. 
and a little bit about uh, Book of Shadows, Blair Witch Two. Um, <laughs> quite, a big, quite a well, yeah. by quite a considerable margin, talking more about Blair Witch Two. That is, uh, that's fair. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, he did mention in the run up, and obviously he spoke a little bit about the fact that he had directed a segment for For We Are Many. Laurie Brewster and Hex Media's upcoming anthology. Yeah, Laurie Brewster. See also episode eight. Um, <laughs> but he did say in the run up to that when I was messaging him and we were organising it that he said that he had had something to announce, but he didn't know if it was going to be ready by then. Obviously, as it turned out, it wasn't, but it is now. And uh, in the last couple of weeks, we have found out that a crowdfunding campaign is underway for Knucklebones Two. Two, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Knucklebones is a lot of fun. I think yeah, I saw I saw in the midnight slot at um, Fright Fest a couple of years back, the Shepherd's Bush year. It was a great. It's one of my favourite Fright Fest screenings that I've been in. A very very game audience. Always handy. Uh, uh, Mitch was there with his producer Laura. Both really, really cool, really wanted to talk to everybody afterwards and stuff. That's how me and Mitch became friends. Uh, But I had a great time with the film, and uh, I know that a lot of other people did as well. It would be great for to see people throw a little bit of support behind this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Mitch is such a nice guy as well. Um, yeah. So if you do have any spare change lying around or you saw Knuckle Bones at Fright Fest or any other festival for that matter and you would like to see a little bit more of it, then, yeah, jump onto the Kickstarter for Knuckle Bones 2 and throw your money at Mitch and hopefully get them over the line on this and you can get this film made. Definitely, and um, we'll be posting links up to all that stuff um, uh, just al- along with this episode so if you want to if you want to get in touch and throw some support behind that then we'll make that pretty easy also yeah so uh, this weekend is uh, kicking off the uh, effective Thursday yeah it's my favourite week of the year yeah we uh, it's Fright Fest weekend it is yeah so uh, worth mentioning now that Mitch will be there for the whole thing yeah yeah, yeah I'll be there for the whole thing I'll, I'll be there Saturday morning all the way through to the end okay yeah, if you see us around, come up, chat to us about the films that you've seen, tell us what's good, tell us what's shite, yeah. and tell us what's good and what's shite about our show, and basically just have a beer with us, have a beer and a chat, and, a, and yeah, yeah I'd like maybe that even see about getting something recorded, because we might have to squeeze in a On The Hop mini-sode. Yeah, for we're, next week. we're definitely going to have to do that at some point. So yeah, you yeah, never know. So maybe we'll squeeze in a recording from Fright Fest. Yeah, I'll probably do a little bit of tweeting from it as well. Sure, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I do that kind of stuff. But yeah, if you do spot us at Fright Fest, then uh, do come say hello. That's always fun. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, and uh, yeah, feel free to tweet us your uh, karaoke recommendations. Definitely, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Um, Just for a bit of colour, last year Mitch sang The Real Slim Shady. I did indeed, and yeah. And I sang Help Yourself by Tom Jones. Yeah, there's nothing else in, uh, nothing else if not diverse. <laughs> um, but yeah, Fright Fest is going to be fun, always is. I uh, can't wait to see everybody and uh, check out what is a really pretty spectacularly good lineup this year. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Fright Fest and Fright Fest selections, last year, mm-hmm. uh, one film that got people talking was Ruin Me. Ruin Me, yes. Uh, Yeah, which is based around kind of like a scare attraction thing, like a large immersive scare attraction. Um, Really enjoyed that film. Saw it on the Discovery screens. Uh, That was directed by uh, Mr. Preston DeFrancis. Yep. Who is joining us on next week's show. Ah! There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and Ruin Me is available in the UK now. It's on Shudder. Yeah, it's a Shudder exclusive. It is. For sure. It is 100%. Uh, Yeah. Um, Yeah, and uh, he's bringing an interesting film for sure. A timely film. Timely film. Very much timely. I'll come on to the reasons why. But uh, we're looking at a sequel again. It's our uh, first sequel since Friday the 13th Part 5, way back in Episode 1. Yeah. Um, And in a very similar wheelhouse, in fact. Yeah, fair. I would say. Um, so we're going back to 1998 20 years ago it's Steve Miner's Halloween H2O 20 years later oh my god yep 
timely in so much as it had its 20th anniversary just a couple of days ago. Of course it did, yeah, yeah. Um, and also timely with the knowledge that Blumhouse's Halloween's coming out later this year and will essentially rewrite the entire canon and everything after the first film will be essentially rendered moot. Which, yeah, um, including this film. So uh, yeah, we've got to talk about that a little bit on the episode. I think right? it's. I think you have to talk about that uh, on the episode. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to chatting to Preston about this. It's uh, it's an interesting film. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen it. R- really? No. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm about to. Better watch it right now. <laughs> cool. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I haven't seen it. I, uh, I didn't know you hadn't seen it. No, pretty in- pretty interesting as well that we're now we're going to be talking about it where effectively from a narrative perspective. We're what uh, in the like closing two months before it's obliterated into irrelevance yeah. um, in terms of, yeah, like I say, the actual story of the films. So, looking forward to that. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, and I guess that's just about it for another one. Jeez, yeah, that was that was packed. Um, so, we're going to have to figure out what we're going to do about Fright Fest in terms of talking about what we've seen and things, because I feel like I think that... we'll maybe do a... Let's do a bonus note on the things that we've seen, because I know for a fact that while there are some overlaps, yeah, there are certainly things that I have tickets to that you don't. Yes, yeah, um, I think I think that our programs are going to end up being quite different. So yeah, um, yeah. obviously, yeah. as well, I'm two days short. I don't get the Thursday or the Friday viewing, so you're you're in a prime position to discuss the things that you've seen on those days. The Ranger, yeah, the Ranger, mm-hmm. um, Summer of '84. Yeah, I can't wait uh, for Summer of '84. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I don't think you're going to see Puppet Master, are you? Uh, no, I'm going to see Piercing when that's oh, on. Right, okay. Uh, so yeah, like, like lots I'm of... seeing Piercing on the Sunday or oh, Monday. Cool. Okay. So, uh, so we yeah. can do a little bit about that too. That's yeah. cool. Okay, good. And don't forget, if you want to get in touch, you can do Facebook and Instagram. We are Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can tweet us at Strong Violent PC. You can also email Strong Language Violent Scenes at gmail.com. Yeah, and uh, and obviously you're already listening to the show, but there might be a way that serves you better. So uh, if you want to have a wee look around at things that might be more suited to your devices or your lifestyle, then you can get us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean. But that's it for another mini-sode. Join us Friday if you can, and in the meantime, don't forget that it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chuds. Good night. Good night. You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain. Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain. Production and artwork by Andy Stewart. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean.